皆さんこんにちは、カミユです。東京から日本語を話しています。今、フリオントショーの番組です。Welcome to the Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. I cannot ever say it without cheering up immediately. So I hope you're the same. Hello, Fluent Fam. Hello, listeners. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk, a website where you can get tips and online courses to help you become a more successful language learner or online language teacher. In fact, been working on that recently. <laughs> and I am here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language.、Uh, this week on the show, we've got a listener question week, and I'm going to answer a, a cry for help. From a frustrated listener in Denmark. Now, I just mentioned the online teachers, and I've been recently receiving quite a few questions from online teachers. So, I want to bring in a new segment really for these solo episodes every month or so. I want to take a teacher question. If you're an online language teacher or anybody who's got an online language business and you're curious and you want to learn a little bit more about how to teach or the theory behind things or just how to get yourself organized, how to work more efficiently, how to teach from anywhere in the world, perhaps make your first online course. These are exciting things, exciting times. And I'm here for you to help. You with any questions that you might have. So just send them my way and we'll get those answered as well. The email address of the Fluent Show is hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. And whether you're a teacher or a learner and anybody who's got questions and thoughts about language learning, I'm always really happy to hear from you. Hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. And you can join the new Facebook group, which is, now features live broadcasts. Almost every week, I try to go live, answer your questions, and just share a little bit more background about the. Topic of the podcast that week. So you get a little bit more out of your podcast. The Facebook group is Fluent Language Learners. If you're not in there and you use Facebook, come and join us. And this week on the show, I'm answering a, a cry for help from a frustrated listener in Denmark. Before we get to David in Denmark, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Yabla. I have been on Yabla lots over the last week with my Chinese. Soap opera or <laughs> Chinese comedy soap opera, Ai Ching Gong Yu. And my recommendation for you this week was that I, want, I wanted to change it up a little bit from my usual Chinese, is for the French learners among you. And that is to go to yabla.com slash fluent show, where you can sign up to this awesome video database. And then look, if you're a beginner or intermediate French learner, look for Il était une fois la vie. And learn from cute cartoons about the human body, for example, what pla blood platelets actually do. It's really fun, cute cartoons that you can find there, and it's called Il était une fois la vie. Or you could get some new recipes, especially if you're intermediate to advanced. Cooking from recipes in your target language is wonderful. And you get all these wonderful cooking shows about gâteau, galette, chocolat, and that's all at yabla.com. 
the database is searchable by learner level and by topic. Now, if you haven't heard about Yabla before, they are this video database for language. It's a dream playground for language learners who love to learn from authentic content, authentic video, want to learn with native speakers and get the best possible playback options, subtitles, learning games, flashcards, looped audio you never have even have to kind of skip back to what did they say what did they say it's all just built in for you it is the premier language learning video platform with tools to enhance conversational understanding you can stream authentic shows youtube videos music videos news items and it's really current and you just get exactly the content that you enjoy learn at the same time in available in spanish English, Italian, French, German, and Chinese. Give Yabla a try with this special link, yabla.com slash fluentshow. Go there and you're going to be able to test drive any of Yabla's languages for a free trial. So you just sign up and you really get to have a good look around and watch a lot of videos, get that listening comprehension up a level, yabla.com slash fluentshow. Thank you so much for supporting the Fluent Show. We're also supported, this is important to say, because this is, this, these are the true, these are the true fluent fam troops, man. <laughs> We're also supported by our own listeners. This is an ever-growing part of what we do here at The Fluent Show. It's super exciting to me to know that you are backing The Fluent Show, that you are here for this podcast and you're excited about it. Our number of patrons is growing, so come and check out what it's like on Patreon. Listen to one of my Fluent in Isolation mini-episodes for instant lockdown learning tips and connect with other learners in the comments. If you want to contribute to keeping our podcast running, thank you so much. You can do that on Patreon from just $2 American dollars a month. Thank you so, so much to the Patreon community that is at patreon.com slash fluentshow. All right, now let's get on to the question. This week's question came from David in Denmark. His email isn't short, so bear with me, but I really want to read all of it out because it's fun. It's, he, the way he writes is fantastic. So David, first of all, kudos to your, your writing skills, your writing style. And this is what he says. Hey, Kirsten, I'm British and I live in Denmark and I've been together with my Danish wife for 32 years. We have two children 23 and 16. I am a native English speaker and my wife and children are all fluent in English, of course. I understand Danish perfectly. I've done so for many years. At home, it's a bit of a comedy sketch. They speak Danish to me. Sometimes I answer in English or they just speak English to me. And fortunately, fortunately, when we're out, it's confusing for other people, but the vast majority of Danes do speak English. So communication has never been a problem for me. But here is the deal. Why can't I bring myself to speak Danish with my family? I am totally scared to do this and I've done some really extreme things. I've gone through some lengths to avoid speaking Danish to my wife, especially. What the hell can I do? I think deep down she knows I can do it. And she has been told by other people we know. And fortunately, she doesn't pressurize me to speak Danish. The sad thing is that I know if I did speak Danish to my wife... If I spoke Danish to my wife, it would be the most fantastic experience for her and she would be overjoyed. This makes me fe really feel like a bastard. Now here is the weird bit. I'm about 90% fluent in Danish. 
I can and I do have full conversations with Danes in Danish where I am often praised for my lack of accent, fluency and grammar. And I am perfectly comfortable speaking Danish to anyone. So why can't I speak Danish to my wife? Of course, I let some simple sentences slip. <laughs> I love you. Go to hell. I'm hungry. <laughs> Does my breath smell? <laughs> you look nice, etc. Odd words here and there, but nothing of any reasonable context. I hope somebody can understand how I feel and give me some useful advice on how to overcome this issue so I don't have to carry on living a lie and be seen as an idiot, which I am certainly not. David, 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 oh my God. First of all, I want to send you so much love and so much kudos for so many different reasons. I already mentioned that you're an amazing writer. You've got a real, real way with words. <laughs> and I want to thank you for embodying international connection and international relationships between humans, founding an, an, an international crossing the nation's family to me that's a beautiful thing that's really lovely and to learn danish to the point where you understand it perfectly that's not a small feat that is a special special thing and i want to tell you you are not alone this kind of frustration and particularly this feeling of i am scared to speak to my wife in her own language i think that's fairly common uh, in international couples there's intriguing aspects of your question to me which are really about how you break it down yourself into two abilities. There's your linguistic ability, and then there is your psychological ab ability. You mentioned that you speak great Danish, and you are perfectly comfortable speaking Danish to other people. So if your wife is also Danish, which I'm assuming from your email, it sounds like your blocks are not too much about the linguistic ability, and it's more of a psychological issue. I'm obviously not a trained psychologist and I don't give specific marriage advice or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, I don't I don't know what exactly you speak, how you speak to your wife. But I'm also in an international marriage and I have a different native language to my partner. And I really want to particularly speak to and commend that knowledge that that you have where you say, if I spoke Danish to my wife, it would be the most fantastic experience for her. You are right. You are right. I think there's a real specialness. If I can look at my own experience, when my husband speaks German, I'm just super pleased and super proud. That doesn't mean I think less of him when he doesn't speak German. Not at all. Not for a second. But it's it's kind of like a gift, like a little special thing that a person can do for you in a couple. And that it can be a really special thing. So why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? You mentioned that you're scared. Of course, that is one aspect. And I kind of want to get into what makes this so uncomfortable, particularly in a couple. I've got a few ideas at the end of this podcast as well to help you get started to fix it if you want to or to speak more, speak more Danish with your wife. But first, I wanted to get into reasons why I think this kind of stuff happens. And the big one The main reason, I think, is other communication needs. When you're in a couple, you create a language of business together. You create a certain, you know, you create a certain language and a certain communication standard that you have, especially in a very long relationship, where it's not just romantic love stuff and you're not just talking to each other about 
uh, I don't I don't even I can't even I can't even remember the romantic stuff <laughs> you know you're not just talking to each other about you know oh, I really like your bum in those pants or some whatever whatever it is and instead life becomes this other thing and when I was making the podcast notes I looked back through the last sort of text chain with my husband and here's what we talked about number one our broadband contract Number two, lunch. Number three, our neighbors are building a trampoline in their garden. Number four, something that one of us saw on Twitter. And then number five, our government and our status satisfaction or dissatisfaction with the government's work. This isn't exactly hot stuff. This isn't exactly romantic stuff. In other words, life, when you're living together and you've got this wonderful partnership and friendship going, is admin. Admin needs to be conducted in a convenient language environment. And what often happens, especially given the global dominance of English, meaning your wife's English might have been a lot better than your Danish was when you first met, you very, very quickly end up with English becoming the working language. It becomes just the language of business. And you as a couple have established a language of business together. This certainly has happened to me and I know lots and lots of other couples where that was an issue. In addition to that, when you are living in your partner's country and say you're bringing up kids together or there, there's something, you know, you might get a bill or something happens or there's an invitation, you're invited to a wedding and you have, you have to have this sort of local, not translator, but like fixer with you who can explain uh, customs and expressions and cultural references to you. Now, after 30 whatever years, again, this might not be as much of an issue with you anymore. But I know after 15 years together with, with one person in a relationship for me, I still sometimes need... I, I still sometimes need Britain explaining to me and I still think like a German. So if you're still, you know, at heart a Brit and that is a thing to be, to not, you know, it's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of at all. It's a great thing, no matter where you live in the world, your partner becomes your kind of trusted, what does that mean? What are they doing resource? And that might mean that you, your wife is trained to speak English to you. So all of those different things taken together, the admin language and the kind of life explainer aspect, they set a certain foundation of how easily in your life you can sort things out. And if that foundation is set in English, it means it'll get disturbed as soon as you start speaking Danish. If you're having a discussion about how you get to have to get somebody in because your light switch isn't working, you can have that conversation in Danish, of course, and you might be linguistically able to do it. But then your wife starts to think about why is he speaking Danish? Then maybe you use the wrong word. Then you have to talk about something else. And it just becomes ever so slightly more cumbersome to conduct the, the business of life when you have to switch to English. Uh, when you, oh, sorry, when you have to switch to Danish. Now, this doesn't mean that it's impossible to do that. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean that. And it means that all it takes maybe is for you to signpost this or to give it a little go or to know these are the kind of things that we talk about in English and I will leave those alone and just reserve Danish for romantic moments, right? So think about the purpose of 
how you communicate with your partner. Think about the different kind of things that you talk about, the different kind of things that need sorting out, the different kind of things that you want to tell her about and where Danish might have its place naturally at the start, at the start. So something that you will hear with, with everything I'm saying is I don't believe that you need to just switch to Danish and be done with it. A lot of people kind of advocate that as immersion, like the sort of, I don't know what we're calling it, the cold bath um, effect of learning a language. And yes, that can work, but it's really uncomfortable and you you might aggravate her and what's the point, right? So I talk about it more and I think about it more as adding more and more dots of Danish into your life that then slowly start connecting so that you're building this, you're building an extra net of Danish. So that means then you start talking to your wife in Danish, but you don't have to completely depart from English and it's impossible. Now let's talk about my second reason. So we've talked about the, the business of life, really, the admin of life. And secondly, there is the issue that with a partner, the stakes of switching into their language can be higher when that language is your second language and their skill, their, their level in your language is, is higher. The truth in most relationships is that you are operating as equals and you've kind of got your roles all set out. So you know which one of you does which job, especially after so many years together. And then the power dynamic shifts and starts to shake a little bit and you know you kind of rumble you sort of rock the boat when you when you build in a language barrier all of a sudden you might not think of it as a language barrier anymore but when the language comes in and suddenly becomes something that puts you in the position of learner puts you in the position of trying something new puts you in a vulnerable position and your wife is still in comfortable you know in this is my native language situation that can shake your usual sense of security and certainty within the role that you take in the relationship and in the family. You might feel that your language skills in Danish are inferior to your partners, so that gives them more power you know, to correct you and that might not feel comfortable. And it might just be that you've got these specific roles where one of you is dominant or one of you is the talker. And again, you switching to another language can can really mess with the communication pattern that you've got going on. So it just wants to be handled carefully. And this, you might instinctively be feeling that the stakes are high when you say that you are scared to speak of your wife. So, I mean, she, she knows you very well. It might not be that judgment is the thing that is on your mind, but it might be that you're worried that she won't see you in the same role that you have taken for all these years. And that is, again, something doesn't need fixing as such. But when you know or when you look at it and you go, oh, yes, that's what's happening, it just really helps to go ahead and change anything because then you know what you're actually trying to change. Now, last one, final point that I see here um, is that it might be that you replying to to your kids in English, you replying to your wife in English and kind of being so comfortable with English. It sounds like you do use English an awful lot in your family. It, it doesn't in a way signal you as a Danish speaker. It's kind of like you've established English first with yourself and that is then what your family falls into. So it sounds like you've got a beautifully bilingual household going on. I just admire this so much. It is amazing. And you must have worked very hard at times. You're daughters your children may speak to you in either language 
but you say that you usually answer in English, so let's have a think about why that is. You may feel that there's a big benefit to speak in English with them. English, after all, it's a globally relevant language, the British accent might be quite desirable in your mind, and you may want your children to be seen as um, a British by their grandparents, you know, sort of to keep that family connection. You may want your children to be seen as bilinguals, valuable uh, native English speakers by future employers. So there's a clear reason why you would want to speak to them in English on a regular basis. Many parents also educate bilingual children with a system called OPAL, One Parent, One Language. And then this obviously sets a communication standard in the family. If you do feel then that there is a clear benefit to speak in English with your children or you may have done in the past, I mean, now they're, you know, grown up, pretty grown up, but you probably have the 16-year-old still living at home, perhaps. It's really great to just acknowledge that, to say, like, you know, there's a benefit to me speaking English, welcome it as a really good thing, this bilingual family of yours. And that's nothing to do with living a lie. I think that's, I think that's really wonderful. So just in case there's an element of, you know, feeling bad that you, you're not giving enough in Danish, you are giving a lot by speaking English. However, inadvertently, this may communicate to your wife or to, to yourself, even internally, that you prefer English or that the family is not the place for you to speak Danish and practice or that your role as a learner or as a you know 90% fluent person, that's not what you want to be as a parent. You want to be 100% fluent any situation, any time. So considering and analyzing your, your roles in that way and the purpose that each of the language and each situation takes in the family can be a really great way to start helping you question the established ways that you have that, that sounds like you're unhappy with so that you can start communicating and trying something new. Now let's get to some ideas for remedies and, and these are kind of small tips but again think of it not as a complete switch and tomorrow everything has to be Danish. Think of it as where can I put more dots in my life so that we can start connecting them as we want. This is about flexibility, and I often say this to learners, no matter what kind of learner you are, you're in charge of this. You're actually, even if you are in school, you're still in control of your learning. No one can put anything in your mind or can control how you, you know, the language that you, you speak. It's, it's your choice. Um, it's almost like the Martin Luther, die Gedanken sind frei, you know, your mind is, is free, and that is, that is true. So for all these ideas, sorry, I'm coming down from my philosophy corner there. Uh, for all the ideas I have, a family meeting or a conversation with your partner where you make a plan and then you get them all in and you let them know, look, I want to speak more Danish with you, might be the ideal first step. I obviously don't manage a family of four, just got a cat to, to deal with. I can't speak about that exactly, but in such an environment where people take on these roles naturally of parent, maybe the talker, maybe the person who does puts up all the shelves, etc. It's really helpful every now and then to just, if you want to make a change, to point out that that, that is something that you want to do. Uh, here are some ideas of what you could try. Number one, speak more Danish. <laughs> but, you know, speak more Danish in front of your wife, in front of your family, but not directly to them. 
So you may be able to do this with third parties, if you go to for meals with other people, perhaps with your in-laws, perhaps, um, you know, if you've got Zoom meetings that you suddenly switch to Danish and you kind of get them in on the act and you say, no, I really want to not speak English tonight. And that might be a way of sort of starting to signal to them that you're a Danish speaker. Or again, like you were talking about getting a shopping, maybe in the supermarket, you just speak Danish. You just stubbornly speak Danish. That's got the advantage as well that it's kind of not the home environment. So you're on neutral ground. A tip that somebody gave to me that, that has worked really well when I've wanted to put more German into my house so that my own husband can can hear more German and, you know, maybe feel encouraged and process more German uh, that I want to pass on here is that if you have a pet, just talk Danish to the pet, <laughs> you know, and that way, like the pet's not going to correct you. The pet's not going to miss out because you're not speaking English to them or anything like that. There's, there's no worries about anything like that. The pet will just react almost in the same way that they normally do. And it's it's a really cool, helpful, handy way of demonstrating your ability in the house, but you're lowering the stakes because you're just talking to the pet for now. Tip number two is to discuss specific topics in Danish only. So, for example, what you could do is watch the news together or go out of the house to join a class, a specific class, or go and watch a film and you say, I want to talk about this film in Danish. Now, if it's about media or something that you discuss with each other, I would suggest putting a container around it and almost giving yourself a bit of structure to the conversation. So something like a conversation script that says, oh, we just saw da 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 And then here's what I thought of it. And you talk about what you thought of it. What did you think of it? And then you say what you think about it. And then you say maybe something I really like about your point of view is Da, 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 da. And it's almost like you you write down these prompts in Danish beforehand and then you work through them. And when you're done with it, you are done and you have spoken Danish to each other then. So once again, you've created another dot that you can connect to. You've created a structure that can just be repeated on a regular basis. Tip number three, and this is one I really, really like, is either declare a Danish zone in the house, maybe... Maybe the kitchen, <laughs> maybe the hallway, maybe the garden. Just that that's your Danish zone and you will not speak English and they will not get answers in English at any point when you are in the Danish zone. To the point where if you could be so consistent that if you want to speak English, you literally walk out the room and you talk to people from the hallway then in English. So you have to be super, super consistent with this, but it can be so beneficial. So just declare a Danish zone or set up Danish only times or dates. For example, before 10 a.m. I will only speak Danish. You you don't get a response from me before 10 or if you're a not really a morning person, maybe after 9 p.m. I will only speak Danish and everybody will get used to it. And over time, What happens is that you can start expanding everything that is involved in this and kind of make it a little bit longer or you're expanding the Danish zone, etc. You can even work with, you know, putting up a sign or saying, okay, on Fridays I speak Danish. And as a reminder to the whole family, you put a little Danish flag on the fridge, in the kitchen, 
where, wherever you are. Maybe you've got a home office right now. So those kind of things are incredibly helpful by signposting and communicating. And once the rule is set and everybody's agreed to it, there's no more questioning. So that really, really helps. Now, all excuse me, all that you can do over this time is really it's all about eliminating English from more areas of your partnership life, your communication, but doing it really gradually. So think of it as I'm setting up dots. Think about can I make a Danish dot here? Can I make a Danish dot today? And over time, you want to connect those dots more and more and more and just get her buy-in. So dare yourself to just say to her, like, I really want to speak more Danish with you. What, what I, here are some ideas. What do you think? What's going to work for us? Because obviously you need buy-in. David, I wish you so much good luck. I hope this starts to open up your opportunities to speak Danish with your wife and with your family by lowering the stakes. And you can, like I said, you can get related blog articles and other relevant handy things at the Fluent Show website, which is fluent.show slash 181. That's the episode number 181. Listeners or David, if you want the full extended show notes that I wrote for this podcast, you can get those as well. They are available for all patrons, any level over on Patreon. And listeners, recently I've had a lot of feedback from people who tell me that they're listening to the show while gardening, doing the dishes, going for a walk. And I really love when you tell me that kind of thing. And I just always say, just send me a picture. I want to see a selfie of you. I want to see your view. I just love it when you share what you are doing when you're listening to The Fluent Show. So if you're listening right now, pause the show take a little selfie and then either post it in our Facebook group, Fluent Language Learners, or over on Instagram and tag me in it. Use the hashtag The Fluent Show and tag Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore Fluent. As always, you can email The Fluent Show at hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. If you've got any other questions or you want your question to be covered on the show, that's it from me for this week. And next week, we've got a special, bigger better oh my god it's gonna be badass top tools like you've never heard them before that's coming up next week but for now that's it from me ciao ciao bye